It's so strange, but appealing. Welcome to the Bump Shop Diaries. Join us, perhaps you may want to listen to a Bump Shop story. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another Bump Shop Diaries podcast. Uh, I've been lazy. I've been fucking extremely busy. So I went ahead and we did another story. Got a special guest on this one. Uh, I'm having fun with them. I see an opportunity to make them really kind of killer and uh like some 1940s radio shit and uh i think that that needs to happen i think i need to pursue that lane and see where it takes me um one place you should go is bumpshopbackroom.com uh check out the new designs the vintage stuff uh bump shop diaries on instagram constantly dropping some crazy flavor for you um, yeah, this story is called Death of a Chopper by Rabbit Cole, published in 1975. Enjoy. Join us, perhaps you may want to listen to a Bump Shop story. New and vintage merch available at BumpShopBackroom.com. BumpShopBackroom.com. Rebel maneuvered the big truck through the traffic and silently cussed the long line of cars that moved slowly toward the new Atlantic Pacific Expressway. He forced his impatience under control by reminding himself of the cargo that was chained down in the bed of his closed-in trailer. The uniform officer cast a suspicious glance through the window of his plastic ticket booth as the truck chose to bypass the on-ramp. Holy fuck, thought Rebel. Don't let that bastard reach for the phone. He watched through his right side mirror and sighed with relief as he saw the officer resume passing out the time tickets to the line of cars. The twin exhaust stacks on the big diesel gave a throaty roar as it passed underneath the expressway's overhead bridge. The sound reminded Rebel of the times when he used to blast through the same spot, shorty pipes singing out the sweet song of a well-tuned Harley Panhead. But those times were gone now, thanks to the it'll-never-happen attitude that so many brothers had used in the past. Rebel cussed aloud and brought his open palm down hard on the steering wheel. Sons of bitches, he thought. The blind sons of bitches. He jammed the truck into another gear and the curious pedestrians turned to stare when they heard the grinding noise. The traffic began to thin out as he approached the old expressway, and he felt more relaxed knowing there were very few patrol cars in this vicinity. The signs which once had served to give direction to the out-of-state traffic that had stopped for food and gas were painted over now. But that didn't bother Rebel because he knew the way very well. As he reached the on-ramp, he brought the truck to a halt and climbed out of the cab, glancing around to make sure that he was unobserved. He began dragging the makeshift barricade to the side of the road. This done, he climbed back into the truck, drove through, stopping only long enough to return the barricade to its proper place. He didn't have to read the sign that was posted beside the on-ramp because he had it memorized. This highway closed to all traffic. Use Pacific Atlantic Expressway. Trespassers will be prosecuted. Rebel let out a long stream of spit through his front teeth and grinned with satisfaction as it hit near the center of the sign. Up yours, Pacific Atlantic asses, he thought. 
Driving to a spot where he could safely park the big rig on the side of the road, he stopped and shut off the engine. Walking to the back of the truck, he swung open the big double doors and pulled out the long steel ramp, letting one end fall to the ground. He attached the other end to the bed of his truck with large bolts. Then he walked up the ramp and inside the trailer. There she stood, adorned in all her silver baubles, dressed in seven shades of blue and trimmed in the most expensive of black leather. Her limbs were smooth and the fragrance of gentle cleansing oil hung sweetly around her. Rebel had picked her up from the gutter and used time, patience, and money to make her the glittering star she was today. He had sacrificed for her, putting her before himself, smothering her with the tender love and care and protecting her from all who sought to bring about her demise. The love he had for her flooded his very soul and filled him with the kind of excitement known only to those lovers who actually share the climatic moment of lovemaking. He stroked her with a gentle touch and spoke to her in poetic whispers. Sweet bitch. You sweet hustling bitch. You cause me to spit in the faces of those lawmakers who would dare to attack your right to be. You lie so gently between my legs and vibrate wave upon wave of pure ecstasy right through to the very fibers of my being. How I enjoy you sweet, uncaring, insensitive bitch. How I love you. Reaching down, he removed the bolts that held the tie-downs. Then very carefully, he removed the chains. Throwing his right leg over, he settled himself onto the cobra seat of the multi-blue panhead and rolled her forward, down the steel ramp and into the slow lane of the deserted expressway. There, he paused to rub some imaginary spots from the Springer front end and ran a soft rag over the rigid frame, checking the wiring connections and playing the chain before mounting her again. Prime twice with the key off. Advance the spark. Key on. Kick. Rebel talked aloud as he applied pressure for another try. Almost, baby. Almost. One more time, mama. Do it. The big bike fired into life as if his command was its reason for doing so. He smiled with satisfaction as he replaced the spring on the distributor and checked the carb. Content that she was warmed up, he pushed in the clutch with his left foot, found first gear, gave her some gas, and released the clutch with such speed that it sent the front end high into the air. Chrome spokes reflected the sun's rays as second gear put the Springer into the air again, and only when he shifted into third did the Avon come to rest on the concrete of the expressway. Fourth gear proved that the high-speed screw on the carb was adjusted perfectly, and Rebel leaned back relaxed on the black leather of the familiar seat. He felt content in the knowledge that there was 80 miles of deserted expressway ahead of him before he had to gas up and turn around. Reaching back with his left hand, he gave the five-gallon can of gas that was strapped to the sissy bar a reassuring pat. For a while, he rode without thoughts, other than being aware of the onrushing wind that brought tears to his eyes and sent his long hair blowing straight back from his forehead. Gradually, thoughts of the past came into his mind, the good old days. The days before all this shit came down from the lawmakers, the days when there were dudes around like Dave Mann, god damn that dude could paint, and the biker mags with every issue, they warned us, a bait, remember a bait? 
how they tried to wake us up, their accounts were real, like the one about the slick-ass politicians in the state of Washington who got that daytime lights-on law slipped through by attaching it to the stolen property bill. Well thought, Rebel. We sure as hell couldn't blame a bait for the present state of affairs. Who is to blame, then? Not the NCCSI, nor organizations like New York Motorcycle Rights Organization, nor can you blame those state representatives like the dude from Lansing, Michigan, who said he was opposed to the mandatory helmet law. After all, what percentage of our brothers were there to protest the passing of the helmet law in California? A lot of dudes, sure, but enough? Couldn't have been enough, because a few years later we were riding with lights on and helmets that cut down our vision as well as our hearing. And even while we were being forced to comply with our own protection, of course, old John Doe dipshit was still explaining how he had splattered us all over the fucking road, saying, Gee, officer, I didn't see the motorcycle. How could the brothers have been so blind? We were so damn busy earning our patches and fighting among ourselves and fat-mouthing the rice grinders that we never realized how the politicians were cutting us to pieces with their vote-getting legislation. Even after we saw through their scheme and united in a single cause, it was too damn late. 1973 was the time. We should have backed those people like a bait long before we did. We should have been united then, standing asshole deep in unity, the front steps of every fucking state building that housed a bill that restricted us from our cause, to ride, to enjoy, to be truly free. Only a few people responded. Only a minority foresaw the inevitable. One law leads to another restriction, then another law, and then another restriction, and then the circle is tightened until it wipes out the freedom while wearing the hat of doing it for your own protection. DOT buried us with statistics presented in such a way that they confused and in some cases were just plain distorted. The deceit was not aimed at just the bikers either. Even John Doe had to fork over money for a smog device that was soon to become obsolete. In the meantime, the large companies continued to dump tons of pollution into the air. Still, the driver of the auto was given an alternative. Detroit had perfected the turbine engine. But a turbine bike? Not yet. Maybe never. Rebel pulled to the side of the road and began filling the gas tank from the five-gallon can. After the job was completed, he lay down on the grassy embankment and lit a cigarette. The image of the uniform guard in the plastic booth flashed before his mind. There's an example, he thought, an example of what we should have seen coming years ago. You drive up to the on-ramp, get a time ticket, and if you reach your destination in less than what the law has classified as the correct speed per distance, you are considered to have been speeding and issued a citation. The Pacific Atlantic Expressway ran from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast and was only one of the hundred such expressways all similarly set up. Even the secondary roads had cameras that could film your vehicle's speed and the operator of the camera could zero in on your license plate number. If you were found to be in violation, you then received a citation in the mail. In the face of all this big brother shit, you would think that the bikers would have seen it coming and have gotten their shit together. Rebel crushed out the cigarette and headed for his panhead. 
Firing it up, he made his U-turn and started his 80-mile trip back to the truck, knowing full well that if he were caught, it would mean one hell of a fine and the possibility of prison. He'd often wondered how he'd react if a police cruiser pulled up behind him. Probably just open up the throttle and say, fuck it. But it's kind of hard to outrun a police helicopter and radios. He thought of the article he had read of the Japanese soldiers who had been found in the cave some 18 years or more after the end of World War II. Would they consider him to be that kind of person? Would they call him loyal or a sick bastard? Probably the latter. The thought made him laugh. The return trip was over all too soon, and Rebel rode the scooter up the ramp and into position for the tie-downs, everything in place. He reset the chains, then pulled up the steel ramp inside. Closing the doors, he walked to the cab and climbed behind the steering wheel. It was then that the sadness hit him. A large void seemed to open up inside him, and he felt just as trapped as the panhead he'd just chained down to the bed of the truck. Shaking his head to erase the thought, he tried to concentrate on his recent run. By closing his eyes, he could see the entire 160 miles of his trip. Lighting a cigarette, he silently smoked as he waited for the engine to warm up. Once this was done, he put the big rig in gear and made his U-turn across the center divider and headed back. Reaching the barricade, he once again replaced it after driving the truck through. Two blocks later, he pulled into a truck stop for a coffee and something to eat. Twenty minutes later, two uniformed cops walked in and took seats at the counter. Hey, two coffees, Patty, ordered the taller of the two. Be right up. As she set the coffee before them, she smiled and asked, Well, what you gents been up to lately? Oh, the usual cops and robbers stuff. Sounds exciting. Exciting? Born would be a better word. We've got two hours worth of reports to file after we go to the station tonight. That right? Yeah, and one of them is for a chopper that we never even saw. The other cop laughed. Yeah, can you beat that? A chopper. An old guy calls the station about 20 or 30 minutes ago and says there's some long-haired freak riding a chopper down the old expressway. The waitress eyed him suspiciously. You're kidding me. Nope, Scout's honor. Now look, you guys. I've had a busy day pushing coffee and donuts to these truckers is rough enough, and I'm sure as hell not in the mood for jokes. You know, and I know, your story is a bunch of shit. Even if it was true, how'd he get by being caught by them cameras? There ain't no cameras on the old expressway, the other cop joined in. Right, and the old boy who called in happens to be the mayor's father, and he sure as hell didn't think it was a joke. Neither did the captain who told us to go check it out. The waitress shook her head in disbelief. You mean to tell me there's still some people who ride them things? Good grief. You can take one look at them and see how unsafe they are. Who'd want to ride one? The cops laughed. Well now, Patty, I'll tell you, there's still a few diehards around who will pull every trick in the book to keep those things, knowing damn well that the statistics office published a book informing people that they were unsafe, and the state psychologist said the riders have suicidal tendencies. I guess those old bikers are living in the past. You know, like old cowboys who want to die with their boots on. Though Rebel was trying to ignore the conversation, he felt the blood begin to rush in his head. One of the cops spoke up. 
And now the diehards have their machines hidden. They pull them out once in a while and take a ride or go on a run, as they call it. The waitress stared open-mouthed. What happens when you catch them? Oh, they pay. Sometimes a fine, sometimes jail. And of course, for their own protection, we confiscate the vehicle under the law, which states that all engine-powered two-wheel vehicles are hereby considered unsafe for the people and are forthwith outlawed in the continental United States. It took us a long time to get that legislation passed. Now that we have it, it's going to be enforced. Right? The bikers are a dead breed. They just don't have sense enough to lay down. The waitress shook her head. Seems a shame to me, but I guess different penalties are the only thing they'll understand. Rebel left the money for his food and coffee at the side of the cash register and walked out unnoticed by the trio. Thoughts rushed through his head and each one added to the anger that that conversation had started. Another law. Stiffer penalties. When will it stop? Big Brother was doing his job well. Perhaps the cops were right. Perhaps the biker's world was dead. Outside, he stopped to stare at the bright blue of the summer sky. Putting weather, he thought. A time when the brothers used to get it together for the run. A time for booze and chicks and parties. A time for showing off the work that was done during the winter months. But most of all, a time for freedom. Rebel could feel the pressure building inside his head. How much more, he thought. How much more? He thought of the hours he'd spent working on his panhead. For what? To be chained to the floor of a fucking truck bed, walled up in the darkness as if it was something to be ashamed of? Did the new laws also limit the soul, the right to ride free? He found himself standing inside the truck, looking down at his blue love. He didn't remember opening the rear doors or putting down the ramp. He spoke aloud, directing his remarks to the panhead. It's time, baby. No more chains for you. No more dark trucks. No more short runs. He unfastened the chains and turned the bike around, slowly pointing the springer towards the metal ramp. The indecision faded from his thoughts as the pan's throaty roar filled the inside of the truck. The familiar clunk told him that first gear was engaged and he was ready to go. There was a cold look of determination on his face as he rolled his love down the ramp to the parking lot. The sound of pipes brought both cops running outside and their mouths dropped open in pure disbelief. The springer was pointed in their direction and Rebel felt himself smile as he cracked the throttle open and popped the clutch. He laughed out loud as the fuzz dived to the pavement to avoid the onrushing chopper. Laying the scooter over hard, he barely missed the curb as he turned the bike onto the main street, shifted her into second and headed for the Pacific Atlantic Expressway. In five minutes, they'll know who I am, he thought. They'll run a check through the truck license and the Department of Vehicle Registration will flash my picture across the television screens mounted to the dashboards of every police car. He laid the bike over hard to the left as he made the turn into the on-ramp of the new expressway. The astonished officer at the plastic booth dropped his time tickets as the blue panhead roared through the uplifted barrier and headed for the mainstream of rush hour traffic. The drivers of the turbine-powered cars had their concentration shattered as the chopper sped past them. 
Rebels shifted into fourth and began cutting back and forth between the slow-moving lines of traffic. Like the old days, mama, he thought. Now I'm just gonna bust that Ford from the right, cut back in front of him, and blow by that station wagon on the left. If we miss in our timing, we're going to get splattered all over this fucking highway. Ready, bitch? Now, left, baby, hard. Hey, hey, mama, how sweet you are. Dig that. The kid in the Chevy laid the peace sign on us. Right on, kid. Right fucking on. Rebel's thoughts were broken as he spotted the flashing red light of the turbine-powered police cruiser. Shit! While I'm back there socializing, I'm forgetting the man has himself a special lane used only for police cars. He worked the panhead across two lanes that separated him from the state express lane, Though the cruiser was only 60 yards behind him when he got there, he knew their top speed was less than 90 and his was over 120. Twisting the throttle to full open position, he grinned as his rear view mirror told him the cruiser was falling behind. Rebel laughed and spoke aloud to himself. Dumb shits! You think just because people's cars are governed to run at only 60 miles per hour that your fucking 90 is enough? Wrong, assholes, wrong! Then the smile faded from his face as the whine of a turbine engine screamed in his ears. Looking up, he saw the blue and gold police helicopter. He saw the officer was sitting next to the pilot as he reached for the microphone connected to the outside of the speaker. Attention! Please, attention, please, your two-wheel vehicle is in violation of state law 33.4 of your government's vehicle code. For your own safety, you are hereby ordered to bring your vehicle to a stop. I repeat, you are hereby ordered to bring your vehicle to a full and complete stop. The copter had moved to the left and was now flying directly beside the speeding chopper. Rebel could see the officer clearly. Slowly, he raised his left hand, first with a fist clenched, then with the second finger fully extended. Up your fucking asses! Another copter appeared off to the right and paralleled the panhead. On the side, it bore the call letters of the People's Television Station. Its outside mounted camera was pointed at Rebel and he knew that every car on the expressway was now being shown the picture of him in his blue panhead. The police helicopter made two low passes at the chopper and Rebel ducked his head instinctively as it passed. Another police cruiser came speeding from an on-ramp but the chopper pulled away leaving him far behind. Then Rebel heard a voice coming from the speaker attached to the belly of the television copter. Attention chopper! Attention chopper! Your ride is being aired live in color to the police. If we lower a microphone, will you submit to an interview? Rebel spit through his front teeth as he shook his head. Don't do anything. Continue your pursuit. We will apprehend at the Cale, Nevada border. Acknowledge Commander will comply. Rebel was still trying to figure out why the helicopter seemed content to fly next to him without any further attempts to make him stop when he finally realized why. Roadblock. 
he started to maneuver the big Harley across the expressway. Some of the traffic was watching the spectacle on their car televisions and began waving as he passed. Some made an obvious attempt to give him room as he worked his way between the slower moving cars. The TV copper stayed close with its camera pointed directly at him, while the police copter moved slightly behind now. Gotta get to a fucking off-ramp. Rebel smiled as the sign came into view. Exit number 33. Half mile. Exit. Speed. 30 miles per hour. But the smile quickly faded as he spotted the red and yellow lights that were flashing from the top of the police car blocking the exit. Cutting back across the four lanes, Rebel made it to the police express lane once again. Catching movement from the corner of his eye, he looked up and saw that the television copper had extended a microphone connected to a portable boom. There is a roadblock approximately 20 miles ahead at the Cale Nevada line. Do you plan to surrender? Rebel shook his head silently, wishing the copter would fly into the side of one of them overhead bridges. What are your intentions then? How the fuck do I know, thought Rebel. Should I stop? What can they do to me? Prison? A fine? Take my scooter? The last question caused a cold shiver to run up his spine. Suddenly he made up his mind and he felt himself relax. The cars were almost at a standstill now as he approached the roadblock. Five miles, he thought. Maybe less. Bringing his feet to rest lightly on the highway pegs, he leaned back, relaxing free and easy as the wind blew through his hair. He reached down with his left hand and ran it slowly over the multi-blue gas tank of the panhead. Well, baby, what do you say? Do I let them take you to the reclamation center to be dismantled and made into a turbine? The panhead seemed to miss, and Rebel laughed aloud. I didn't think so. I didn't think you would go for that shit. Now then, let's show these assholes what the word class is all about. Raising his left hand above his head once again, he clenched it in a fist showing one finger. The smile never left his face, even as he crashed into the three big buses that were being used as a roadblock. And there you have it, folks. Brought to you by Channel 88, the people's television station. A live on the scene coverage of the death of a chopper. Newman Vintage merch available at BumshopBackroom.com. BumshopBackroom.com.